Look, staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet, hitting the gym, avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed is the only bed that effortlessly adjusts and responds to both of you. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. During our lowest prices of the season, the new Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed is only $8.99. Only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Do your friends tell you you should start your own podcast? Or are you the friend that has a great idea for a show but don't know how to get it started? Now's the time to take it to the next level with Self Made, the podcast edition. Podcast One and Launchpad One are giving you the opportunity to become the next great podcaster. Compete for a year-long contract worth $100,000 with Podcast One, the biggest podcast network in the business. If you have an existing podcast or you're looking to start your own, Self Made is for you. Open submissions are happening now through September 3rd. Go to launchpad1.com slash self-made to learn more. See official rules and sign up for your chance to win. That's launchpadone.com slash self-made. Today in the Callahan Podcast, well, he is back. The big bad orange man returns and he played the hits. Sort of like uh, my uh, idiot producer over here. Played the hits on Sunday afternoon. We will give you some of the highlights from Donald Trump's return appearance at CPAC. Also, the walls are closing in. The noose is tightening on Andrew Cuomo, and it couldn't happen to a better guy. My man Bill Maher calls out canceled culture again, and uh, we'll play some of that. He nailed it again. Gotta love Bill Maher. And uh, the PGA Tour pays tribute to Tiger Woods. Well, not all of them, most of them. We'll give you the names. And uh, much, much more on today's Callahan podcast brought to you by DCU. Do you love your car but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU. And they can help lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy, and their loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high-rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance. Insured by NCUA. Membership required. All right, Colleen. Let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. All right, it is Monday, March 1st. God, I love March. I mean, it's, it'll still suck. It'll be cold and it'll be snowing and be miserable. There's no golf or anything, but it's just good to get February over with it. February is an awful month. It was so damn cold this year. I'm just glad to get to March. And um, he, he did. He did it. He came out of uh, hiding. He came out of hiding. Donald J. Trump, he did it in style at CPAC, and there's nothing Jack Dorsey or Mark Zuckerberg or Google or anyone else could do to stop him. That was the beauty of it. Uh, Trump. What was he? What was he? An hour twenty late? Was that what he was? Um, yeah, but yeah, it sounds strategic. They were yes. getting updates on Fox News, and they said, "Yeah, he's uh, uh, waiting for something." And uh, they were giving him updates like every five minutes, how what time he would come out. I think he planned to be late and keep everybody. Uh, on excited, anxious, waiting to hear from him. And I got to say, um, he spoke for an hour and a half, which is about an hour more than Joe Biden will speak in the next three years. Uh, he is still indefatigable. Is that the word? Indefatigable? He's still tireless. And he looked pretty good. I don't know what you thought, but I think he looked, he didn't look like the whole, you know, post-election thing and, you know, uh, aged him. Unlike the guy who beat him, he doesn't look a hundred years old yet. He looked the same. He looked orange. He looked 
a little crazy, but not too crazy. And as I said on Twitter, when I did my little review of this, I thought he did an excellent job for a couple of reasons. A, he stuck to the script, which is always the key with Donald J. Trump. If he sticks to the script, I think he has good speech writers. I think he knows how to read a teleprompter much better, by the way, than Nick Jonas. Is that the Jonas Brothers who was on SNL last night? Yes. Yeah, or, Nick Jonas. Uh, yes. Nick Jonas. Yes. The worst cue card reader I've ever seen. He couldn't make he couldn't do a skit without like staring at the card. And uh, he's the best actor in the family, too. It's shocking. Yeah. Oh, by the way, just for uh, equal time here, I don't want to get caught up in it. I know you guys will mock me when I when I review SNL. Nick Jonas sucks. He's worse than Big Bunny or whatever, Bad Bunny. <laughs> Worse than weekend. I mean, he was terrible. He's a, I mean, he looks like a, like a stud. He's all jacked. Is he, is he, you know, always like that? He's all roided up. Oh, sure. Yeah. And he's yeah. married to an absolute missile, by the way. Is he? Yeah. And his brother is in the, in the audience. I don't know if you saw this, but one of the other brothers is in the audience and they do some funny skit where he says, you know, what about us or something? But he's, he, he appeared as the host and the musical guest um, by himself, he was the only guy uh, that you know, you don't usually see that when big rock stars host, they bring in another musical guest. He did both, and he was equally bad at both. I mean, he, he looks good, he speaks fine, but his is that is that how he sounds always when he sings? It's just terrible. yeah, yeah, he's sing? not. Listen, I, I'm a I'm a, I'm a loser. I like his uh, I like I his when he's with his would. brothers. Yeah, he's I know, I do, but I don't like him solo though. I don't like him. Bad solo. Bunny's much better, and Bad Bunny's terrible. But I don't want to get caught up on that. I got my little notes here on the on SNL. But this is more important because we've been waiting for a long time to hear from Donald J. Trump. And I wondered, would he sound totally unhinged? Would he sound like a guy who was uh, permanently affected by this loss and by the aftermath? Because let's be honest, he 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 loved Twitter. That was his way of communicating. Twitter shut him down. Facebook shut him down. Everybody did. YouTube. Everybody shut him down. He had no way to communicate to the outside world. His son, Don Jr., and Eric Trump and Laura Trump are all on Twitter, but he's not. You know, he's he's like banished, like Milo Yiannopoulos or, uh, or or Laura Loomer. He's like a nobody. So he comes out, and I was afraid he'd be like too anxious and be screaming and go off script and talk about conspiracies. He didn't do that. He did a pretty good job of sticking the script. He could tell when he goes off script. And I cringe and I say, just get back to the script, back to the teleprompter. And he generally did. And he did a couple of things, which I thought were, were very good, were, were productive, in that he, he went through all the issues. Here's what he did. Again, smart move by speechwriters. And you sat there and I'm like, I'm, I'm like, listen, all the issues that he discussed. And it was literally, it was, you know, immigration, cancel culture, boys in girls' sports, endless wars, mail-in voting, big tech, election day, defund the police, Keystone Pipeline, Paris Accords, WHO. And one after another, I'm saying, he's on the right side of all of these. It, the, the majority of the American public is on the same side he's on. Most people don't think biological boys should be kicking girls' ass in sports. Most people don't think you know, 11,000 pipeline workers should be laid off because uh, you know, Joe Biden is paying off a promise to some extreme environmental group. Most people don't think we should waste billions on the Paris Climate Accords. Most people, God knows, don't want to be in Afghanistan anymore. 19 years is enough. So on all these issues, and he's went through them pretty methodically by his standards, and I'm going, 
how the hell did he lose? <laughs> did he lose the election? He's on the right side of all these issues. He hammered away at immigration, which is smart. Most people don't uh, believe in sanctuary cities and open borders and closed schools, another winning issue. And he screamed about that. And I'm sitting there going, why, why, <laughs> what happened? And then he wraps it all up by saying, you know, they stole this election, which I'm, I'm literally watching it on, on in TV and saying, are they going to let him do this? Is he going to get arrested? Is, is, is Mark Zuckerberg going to allow this? Will Jack Dorsey do something about this? He, he literally said over and over again, they stole it. It was rigged. I just was watching um, uh, NBC because I had the golf on. By the way, we'll get to that. Nice, nice Tiger tribute. We had the golf on and I left it on and the news was on. And as soon as the host comes on, she's saying, and he talked about, he made false claims about the election. And, and they immediately are, are like refuting what Trump said. They just can't handle the fact that he might go out there and convince some people that, you know, mailing, mail-in voting is a recipe for disaster. He said, we need one election day, not 45 election days or 30 election days, one election day, another issue, which I think he is on the right side. I mean, he's with the majority of Americans that they don't think we should have months of voting and drive-by voting and mail-in voting and, you know, just blink three times and they'll put you down for Joe Biden. It was, uh, it was, it was not over the top. His, his, his accusations, his charges, his contentions that they, that it wasn't on the level. And the way you do this, if you're Trump or any Trump surrogate is you, you, constantly go back to big tech, the power of big tech, the power of Zuckerberg and Dorsey and Google, because most people think that's out of control. They don't think that's a very uh, healthy road to go down for us as a society to let big tech control so much. We all know what they did with the Hunter Biden story. We all know that it was not a level playing field, that they have tried their best to rig the game. So if you if you're not allowed to talk about election fraud, if you're not allowed to talk about, uh, you know, whatever mail-in balloting and how they didn't ask for, you know, verification and all the little things that Trump's been screaming about, if you can't do that, and and I'm convinced you're not going to be allowed to, you're certainly not going to get a fair shake with the media if you want to debate the fairness and the integrity of the election, you're not going to get a, a fair debate. But if you say should big tech be allowed to do this? Like not let you see the Hunter Biden story, the New York post, which is perfectly legit until after the election, that's clearly rigging the game in there when, you know, it's not the government doing it, but it's big tech, which is more powerful in many ways than the government. And it's more frightening and more ominous. And he hammered away at that another winning issue. I thought the guys, whoever wrote the speech, whoever, you know, prepared him for this was smart because he covered all the big issues. And on, I mean, I couldn't think of one where I'm saying that's not really something you don't, you want to do because the people, the general public is not with you on that for the most part. I mean, just think of it. Who the hell wants to stay in Afghanistan other than Liz Cheney and, you know, maybe some Raytheon executives, you know, who the hell, how many people really think biological boys should be kicking the crap out of girls in track or in basketball or in whatever field hockey. He said this, Trump said this in his speech. He did the whole uh, riff on, on uh, biological boys, transgender girls in sports, beating biological girls. And then he said, 
is that really controversial? <laughs> and I thought, good question. I'm not sure how controversial it is. And I, and I also wondered, watching him, listening to him, why he didn't do that on the campaign trail, you know? Why he didn't do it in the debates? I, I realized the debates were all moderated by Biden supporters, especially the first one with Chris Wallace, that piece of garbage. But why didn't he do this in the debate? Why didn't he say, you know, let's talk about whatever, force the issue, talk about transgender uh, girls, biological boys beating girls. Why didn't he talk about uh, more, force the issue on Afghanistan and say, we got to get out of there. And Well, he and- probably had a million people in his ear during the campaign, right? Versus now where, how many people do you think help him work on this speech? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure, I don't know, four or five. What would you guess? I, you know what? I will give him credit. We did an hour and a half of a politician speaking and no mention of climate change. That was a treat. That was something different. If we had Chris Wallace, would be on climate change, white supremacy. Will you denounce the Proud Boys in the usual canards they use to to beat him about the head and face and distract him and, and, and knock him off his game. And it worked. Unlike with Mike Pence, when you get Trump on the debate stage, you could, you know, mess with him. And he wasn't a great, he isn't a great debater. He's, you know, he isn't uh, uh, focused, disciplined when it comes to debates. He won. I mean, the first debate was a mess with Chris Wallace. And, but after that, he won the next one uh, handily. But there's certain issues, which I'm, I'm hearing him talking about tonight, uh, uh, Sunday afternoon. I'm saying, that's a winning issue. Why didn't you talk about that constantly on the campaign trail? Why didn't you talk about that constantly in interviews? And how about the Keystone Pipeline? If you were to put that to a vote, do you think that that uh, the oil should come down from Canada in trains and trucks, which is much more dangerous, or this pipeline, which is already there and employs at least 11,000, you know, ancillary, you'd say another 10,000. You know, whole towns depend on this. And with a stroke of the pen, wipe, uh, Biden wiped out their, their whole lives, just wiped them out. That's a clearly winning issue. And Trump should just hammer away at that every chance he gets. But, I mean, uh, if, we're, if we're talking about the issues, he did a great job. And he, and he highlighted all the, the, the things that he did right. You know, he talked about the border. And he, and he talked about uh, getting out of Afghanistan. Things that people applaud, the, the peace agreements in the Middle East. All these things that Biden is going to you know, reverse and against the will of the American people. That is smart. And again, he also looked, he looked, you know, looked pretty good, sounded pretty good. It was a good place for him because, you know, not a lot of uh, Mitch McConnell fans, not a lot of uh, Liz Cheney fans at CPAC. These are crazy, you know, enthusiastic Trump fans, Trump supporters, which um, is good. But now that I've said that, now that I've said, uh, my review of the speech, I don't want him to run again. He didn't He didn't say he's running again. He didn't say he was not running again. He did a nice job, a perfect job, in my opinion, of leaving us all hanging because his goal, I mean, he's got a few goals right now in the next four years. One is to defeat the people who turned on him. I think I honestly think he will go to Utah, he will go to uh, Wyoming to campaign against Liz Cheney. He will. I mean, he'll... He will fight any of the, he listed their names and I thought he did a good job with this too. He listed the names of all the congressmen who voted against him, voted to impeach 
uh, or uh, the, voted for the, the Senate who voted to convict, like Mitt Romney and Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins. He will do, I don't know if it, what it'll you know, give a contribution to their opponents, if he'll do a commercial, if he'll go campaign, whatever it takes, he will not forget what they did to him. So he will spend the next three years, four years doing what he can to get them back, which will be fun. As you know, we love revenge here. Revenge is fun. Trump is uh, determined to get these people back. And I like that part where he named, he didn't get caught up and he just literally ran down the list and said, you know, these are not the, this, this not, these are not the party. He did two things, which are going to disappoint the media. The media were hoping he'd talk about a third party, which will destroy the Republican party. He said, no way. I'm not starting a third party. That's not, that's a non-starter. You know, we are the Republican party. And he said, he left it open on whether he would run again, which I think, I, th- I think he left it open to people that pay attention significantly, right? Like it was only on Fox news, I believe. I think maybe yes, like a couple other conservatives. Good point. By the way, yeah, I think I think if that hit like if that hit like NBC, I think everybody watching that who's kind of a casual political observer is thinking, OK, he just told us he's running again. That, right. that, that would be my gut. If yeah. he said, A, I'm running or B, I'm not running. That's the headline. That's huge, huge, yep. huge news. But he left it hanging and he did it in a very you know theatrical way, dramatic way, he said, you know, hopefully we'll take the House, the Senate and a Republican will uh, will be triumphant and take over the White House. And uh, maybe, you know, who will that be? I don't know if you have that cut where he says, who will, who, do, who will it be? And just kind of giggle. And he was mischievous, which is, you know, what he does. He was kind of. He was in his element. He was, that, that was good oh. teleprompter Trump. Casual in his element. I got the cut for it. We're tougher than they are. We're stronger than they are. Together in the coming years, we will carry forward the torch of American liberty. We will lead the conservative movement and the Republican Party back to a totally conclusive victory. And we've had tremendous victories. Don't ever forget it. With your help, we will take back the House. We will win the Senate. And then a Republican president will make a triumphant return to the White House. And I wonder who that will be. See, I'm not convinced. I mean, I think he would like to run. I think he has the energy. He certainly has the motivation. But I can't sit here and say that Joe Biden is too old. I mean, he's clearly too old. He doesn't have his faculties. It's going to get really uncomfortable really soon. I mean, Joe Biden hasn't done a press conference. He's been in the White House a month and a half and hasn't done a press conference because every day we see him unable to read from a teleprompter, unable to answer a question from uh, you know, a friendly reporter. It's a disaster, to quote the orange man. It's a disaster. Trump- the windmills. The windmills that don't work when you need them. Joe Biden has had the most disastrous first month of any president in modern history. That's true. He, you know, he takes plenty of shots at Biden. He, he, by the way, he gave him a pass for forgetting that he got vaccinated. Joe Biden, as we all know, did not remember that he got vaccinated on January 11th before he took office. He said he didn't get vaccinated. Trump gave him a pass. He said, you know, he doesn't he, he didn't lie on purpose. He just doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't <laughs> he doesn't understand. He's he's you know, not all there. And he's not. If, if you've seen at all biden these days it's it's really kind of sad and i think 
Trump is four years younger. Clearly, he's still got the energy, and he still seems to have his faculties. Seventy-eight, he might be still strong. He might still be lucid. But what about eighty? What about eighty-one? Eighty-two? I'm sorry, I can't sit here every day and bitch that all our leaders are, are, are geriatric, and you know we've already gone through it. And Nancy Pelosi's eighty. Schumer's seventy-seven. Uh, what's uh, Mitch McConnell's seventy-seven, seventy-eight? Fauci's eighty. Grassley's 87, you know, Feinstein 87. I mean, it's time to, you, know, you, you had a nice four-year run, the greatest foreign policy president of my life, did some wonderful things, disrupted things beautifully. I think he would be most effective, and I don't expect him to endorse anyone anytime soon, but as a spokesman, as a supporter, as a fighter out there for somebody else, I would like to see Ron DeSantis at this point, because DeSantis is done such a great job in Florida. He finished second, by the way, in the CPAC poll. Trump first, 55. DeSantis second at 21. That sounds like a decisive win, but it really isn't because only 55, just over half of those crazy Trumpkins want Trump to run again. And I don't, you know, taking nothing away from him, that it's, I mean, you're just going to be too old. You did a nice job of you know, setting the table. Lots of people have taking the mantle from you, and most of them are in that poll, Christy Nome and Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz, and they're all in the single digits, uh, and they're all, you know, supporters of yours, and they're all supporters of Trumpism, but I would prefer if you just said, you know, time to bring in some young blood, Ron DeSantis, who has, supports the same policies as Trump, just does it in a smarter more disciplined way. I mean, he's a guy who went to Harvard, went to Yale, military, decorated veteran. He's got it all going on. Everybody looks to Florida now and says, that's what America's supposed to be like. It's open. Schools are open. You know, they're, they're back to work. Businesses are open. Restaurants. Why can't uh, the whole country learn from Florida? Um, by the way, if you saw the CPAC, <laughs> the video, nobody's wearing a mask. It's like we were watching the thing. My son and I are watching and go, do you see any masks? It was a little Well, there strange. was the, the, the Fox News reporter who was in the room saying he only isn't wearing a mask when he's on camera, but then behind him is all the people and nobody behind him is wearing a mask. So I mean, I, I don't care. So you do what yeah. you want, make your decision. But I think it's, it, I mean, you know, Biden always says it shouldn't be a political statement. I think in this case, it was a political statement. But you know what? Florida's doing great. Florida... You know, is doing it right. And I think DeSantis, I think these same people who love Trump, and they say they would like to see him run again, but if your choice is a 78-year-old Trump or a 46-year-old DeSantis, 45, 46-year-old DeSantis in four years or three years when they, you know, the campaign heats up, why Trump? I mean, you like what he's done, but everybody gets old and it's time for, you know, <laughs> that's a pretty, I mean, obviously that's just one little poll that's out there, but that's a good position for DeSantis to be in, right? Like no, 21, well, 21% good. there for, to your point for all Trumpkins and you know, it's, we're fresh off the election and, and he pulls that. That's pretty impressive. And you know what he's doing too, is he's got the media you know, looking at him and saying, how can we bring him down? The Politico did a poll and they left him out. <laughs> they did, you know, and it's Trump first, and I forget who was second, like, you know, uh, Christy Nome or Josh Hawley or whoever was second, and all the usual suspects in the single digits, no DeSantis, which is why you know they fear him. You know he's for real, and I think a lot of people are like me. They say, you know, no offense, 
Donald J. Trump, but this guy's 30 something years younger and he's got the energy and he's got the brains and he agrees with you on just about everything. So what do you say? You think you, you might want to step aside and support him? Why not? Why not? If, you know, he's a Florida guy, they seem to be on good terms. Uh, Trump is still going to be a player. He'd still be a speaker at the convention. He'll still be, you know, on, on speed dial from president DeSantis, but I don't want to see two consecutive presidents go old, get old and less, you know, get incoherent, get confused on the job. It's too important a job. By the way, did you see where a number of Democrats are trying to make the decision to push the button <laughs> to launch nuclear missiles, to make it a committee, to come up with a committee to make that decision. That tells you all you need to know. They know their guy is not up for this. It's just too important. And they see him and they hear him and they say, he maybe shouldn't be the only one with the, uh, with the old uh, football, the nuclear football that tells you all you need to know. Plus, plus they're not letting him out. They're not letting him. I mean, he was in the basement for the whole campaign and now he's, in the White House, and he's not making any, uh, you know, public appearances where he could be uh, vulnerable, and he's not doing any press conferences. And uh, there's a good reason for that. But I like the fact that Trump stayed away from obviously climate change and the stuff that the media loves, and hammered away at cancel culture, because the people in that room, hell, the people sitting at home, they want, they know it's a big problem, they feel it, they they feel like the the the, the enemy, the domestic enemy, are in control of everything. You know, the, the media, academia, Hollywood, big tech, you know, the, the, the big newspapers, they, they, you know, the networks, they feel it and they, they you know, Trump is kind of their, you know, the, the leader of the resistance now. And he's a good leader of the resistance because he is so, you know, bombastic and loud and he does command uh, you know, take control a room. So they like the fact that we have a loud kind of cocky leader who's going to call out these people, these, you know, the, whatever the, the big tech tyrants and the people at the networks and the news. Media. Sure. But, but what, but when and how, right? Like, so he does, he's question, not on how any often, social. How often will we hear from him? How often? Correct. I mean, I think he can't help himself. So, he will call, he'll literally call into Hannity or call into, uh, you know, call into Newsmax or call into Judge, uh, what's her face? Judge Piro, Judge Jeanine Piro. Um, I, I was um, curious. I was on Twitter. I was watching Trump and I, you're right. No one, I don't know about the networks, but the cable news is cable news networks, only Fox and Newsmax covered it. And there was a guy who was posting all the things they were doing on MSNBC. When Trump was speaking at the beginning of the speech, when I don't know how many millions and millions of people are watching Fox News, uh, Al Sharpton was on MSNBC. <laughs> so it's incredible to me that they know Trump would equal viewers, would equal ratings, and they can't help it. They hate him so much. They say, nope, we're going to let Al Sharpton um, uh, uh, do his show, whatever his show's called, whatever. I don't even know. He must've talked about Trump, but he, you know, I just saw a clip of, uh, of his face and this is what MSC MSNBC was doing while Trump was speaking. 
I bet if you go back and you know how people monitor the amount of minutes paid attention to a certain story. I bet if you go back and monitor, CNN spent the most time covering the Cuomo story during the Trump speech. I bet that's probably right. And then CNN, although they sent Jim Acosta to CPAC, Jim Jim Acosta, who was the White House correspondent for the four years of Trump, has been reassigned. Is now his his title is like domestic uh, political reporter. And he's stationed in Florida. He he was outside Mar-a-Lago, you know, for like the last couple of weeks, just reporting if Trump's uh, convoy went to the golf course. Yeah, Trump played golf today. So he went to CPAC, and I guess I give him credit, went into the belly of the beast. They were all over him. You could see all these videos on Twitter of people chasing him around and, and, uh, and heckling him and chanting, you know, CNN sucks. And he would do his report. I saw one of his reports with Anderson Cooper uh, about how, uh, you know, they, he said, it's amazing. These people are against cancel culture, but they sure seem to want to cancel me. <laughs> like that is any equates to cancel culture at all. He's an idiot. And he's in, you know, just- I'm not giving him any credit. I mean, he's trying to take advantage of this whole, you know, Trump bullies me mentality. Didn't he write a book within the last year, yes. year and a half or something? I mean, he's just, he's, he's just playing the game. That's all. And and CNN's, CNN's letting him do it. And they said he's become a Borat, uh, like figure where his goal is to go there and like get, yep punched or get thrown some thrown at him and say, Oh, look at these mean, uh, MAGA people. They, they're, you know, they're uh, bullying me. And, uh, but he's kind of a cartoon and you know what else? He's not that smart. If you ever see him talk for any length of time and not just a 30 second or one minute cut, he's not that bright. He can't do this. He can't handle this. He can't do the, the, the gotcha things in the, in the, you know, the, like, uh, uh, I don't think he's capable of playing that role beyond this, you know, one or two events. Like he can't permanently be the, the guy who uh, covers the resistance for CNN. It just would never work. Hopefully, you know, he does. Cause I can't stand the sight of him and I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, people make his life miserable, but Trump did what he set out to do. He talked about all these issues he, he mentioned them stealing the election, which I was kind of surprised he got into that that in that much detail. He was literally talking about, you know, legislatures are supposed to change the voting laws, not the judges. The judges did it. That's unconstitutional. And he talked about how we got to get rid of mail-in voting, which is the most important thing if you're a Republican. But he really, what he, if he set out to draw a distinction to make you see how much more uh, alert and awake and lucid he is than, than Biden, he did it. You know, we talked for an hour and a half, which is, again, something Biden is incapable of doing. He talked on a hundred different issues, which is something Biden is incapable of doing. There was a few, obviously, some some uh, gaffes are in there or mistakes or whatever. But if that were, can you imagine that with Joe Biden for an hour and a half in front of a live audience? I mean, I'd watch. It would be great entertainment. But the commander in chief, the leader of the free world, the guy who got 80 million votes, is incapable of doing what Donald Trump just did. I mean, lots of people can do it. I mean, there's you know, news people on every night. There's, you know, whatever, comedians who get up before a crowd and speak for an hour. The president of the United States cannot do it. He's incapable of doing it. He could never, ever go through a whole list of issues and, and tell us why he's right and the other guy's wrong. Okay, go ahead, Joe. Immigration, cancel culture, big tech, mail-in voting, defund the police, Joe. Tell us why should we do I mean, he could never do that. Trump, not the best at it, but at least he's capable of doing it. And I think 
more than anything, he set out to, to show, look, I could do it. I can, uh, I could handle this burden. And, uh, that guy, he can't, he can't. And it's, as I've said many, many times, it's just going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Joe Biden is not going to get better, but it was a great weekend for, um, for people like me, news junkies who are, you know, maybe to the right of center, maybe we're hoping Trump would you know, give a good speech and we're hoping that the walls would continue to collapse on Andrew Cuomo, the love gov. I have to say, and you know, Colin, we've been talking about this literally for almost a year. Do you realize he signed that order which forced coronavirus positive patients into nursing homes on March 25th in less than a month. It'll be one year since he sent tens of thousands of senior citizens to their death. And here's the one thing I can't handle is, and I saw it a few times this week and people saying, let's not hear any more about the media, corrupt media protecting Cuomo. You know, the New York times is the one that broke the story. The second accuser, a second young woman, and I don't know if this is, I don't mean this as a compliment. I don't mean this as a relevant observation in any way. But there are two women, very credible women, who have accused him so far of sexual harassment, both very young and very, very uh, attractive. Um, but um, they said the New York Times broke that story. NBC covered it. Even CNN covered it. It's been 11 months since he signed the order. I'm, I, uh, I share Janice Dean's frustration. She's pointed out on Twitter a few times and in public that the sexual harassment is is abominable. I mean, the guy's a piece of garbage. He is a truly horrible human being. But he, he sent grandma to her death almost a year ago. And Janice Dean and a few others in the New York Post and uh, you know maybe a, a few, uh, maybe some Fox, Fox News hosts and podcasters have been talking about it. But New York Times has been burying it. They've been protecting him. The uh, NBC has been protecting him. CNN, God knows. Fredo, his little brother, has been protecting him. The fact that they're finally waking up because, you know, me too and all, He's great, and he's done, and it's great. And to see a, a bully, a scumbag like this get his, there's a few things in life more satisfying. There's a few things in life that bring me more joy than to see a scumbag like Andrew Cuomo get exposed. And that's what's happened here. That's a wonderful thing. The um, But you needed, to your point, though, you needed two issues. Well, actually, I wouldn't even say you needed two issues. You really just needed to, you needed the Me Too issue to take him down. Like, I don't, I didn't see in the latest story with the 25-year-old girl, I didn't see the New York Times reference the nursing home issue in that story. I couldn't read it. I had to wait for the rewrites that all the news uh, wire stories (laughs) did because I don't subscribe to the news. It was behind a paywall. That's how much they care about sexual harassment. They break a big story about Me Too and, and Cuomo, but you couldn't read it unless you got unless you subscribed, but it's just a sign to me. The New York times is a thoroughly corrupt, unethical, dishonest organization for them to cover. This tells you something that means they know it's over. They can't save their guy. Now that is to me. And I hate the New York times almost as much. as I hate Andrew Cuomo, but that's a wonderful thing. That means the most powerful media outlet in New York and maybe one of the most powerful in the country is out on Andrew Cuomo. They're out. 
You know, and do I, by the way, and I know this is petty, but do I have this correct? Is did they see that the twenty-five-year-old aide basically retweeted what was her name, Lindsay Boylan? Is that her? Yes. The first, the first girl. They she retweeted her post and then said, "Just so everyone knows, this is what it's like to work for the Cuomo administration." And then the New York Times contacted her based contacted on that tweet. Her. Yes, I believe that's how it played out. Yeah, they contacted her. Which is remarkable because that's the last thing I would think they would do a month ago, two months ago, God knows, six months ago. You know, there's not too many things as well documented as his as his malfeasance on the nursing home issue. They're literally, and I've seen it a hundred times on the, uh, you know, on on online on Twitter, the, the the document where he literally signs the order forcing them not to put these people in hospitals or on the comfort ship or in the Zavitt center, but putting them in nursing homes where it spread like wildfire and killed the latest estimate is 15,000 people. I mean, it's hard to get negligence or, or, or corruption quite as egregious and as obvious as this. And yet many in the media ignored it. Hell, they gave him an Emmy, you know, they promoted his book. They let him yuck it up with his little brother on CNN. Even while Janice Jean and others were screaming about this. But a couple things happened. Ron Kim, that assemblyman, his uncle died. Maybe he still would have been uh, instrumental in this, this story regardless, but his uncle died. He had motivation. He was threatened by Cuomo and you know, Cuomo said he'd destroy him. Typical of a thug like Cuomo, a bully like Cuomo. Kim didn't play along. Kim blew the whistle. Kim is now making appearances with Janice Dean at these rallies and with the families of the, the victims. That's pretty effective. That's a, a liberal Democrat who turned on him. And then other the Democrats in the assembly and, and, and then de Blasio, not that his his voice is all that credible. He turned on him, so a bunch of Democrats turned on him, which is a great thing. It wasn't just Dan, Janice Dean or you know whatever Sean Hannity or or the New York Post. It was people in his own party, and it seemed impossible for this to happen because he was connected. You know, he had all kinds of power, and he wasn't hesitant to use it. He seemed like a really hard guy to bring down. Hell. He's chasing, you know, 25-year-old aides around the office, kissing them on the lips. I'm sorry. And I know they're consenting adults. I know he's single. You know, I love to see that. People say that. Oh, he's single. He's single probably because his wife, uh, Kennedy, kicked his ass out because he's such a scumbag. But anyway, he's 63. This girl, the second victim, is 25. <laughs> he's 38 years older than her, and he's hitting on her. I'm, does it make me, you know, like a prude? Does it make me old-fashioned to think that's pretty freaking scummy? This victim, this girl's the same age as his two of his daughters, I believe, are the same age as she is, and one is older. And he's like asking her, "Do you, do you ever go out with older men?" She was talking to him about playing against his daughter in soccer in high school. Oh, she really that was part of the story. Yes, <laughs> like, like I said, I wasn't gross. able to read the whole story because yeah. I didn't subscribe. Yeah. But, uh, and I'm, I'm looking for Lindsay Boylan's age. She's young and much, much younger than he is. But I mean, I don't care if he's single or divorced or whatever. 38 years. And, and by the way, you're her boss. That's unethical. That's crossing the line. That's not, 
that's not debatable. And now he's such a cartoon character. Now this is the beauty of it all. And I think uh, Janice Dean's played a big part in this is she's been relentless. She has uh, marshaled the forces. She's got Democrats, Republicans, media people, underlings, and the picture they've, the, the, the portrait they've drawn of this guy is an old school, corrupt, big city, Tammany Hall political thug who, you know, has a good looking woman living and working in his office, thinks, you know, it's all there. Like, you know, JFK, if they bring in a young woman to work for me, I can have my way with her. And if anyone says anything, I will yell at them. I'll threaten them. They said he was through a tantrum one day and he was so loud and so animated a tv fell off the wall in the office because he was screaming so loud he's just a piece of garbage and it's a wonderful thing to see it all get exposed like this um and you know what i was talking to uh my sometimes friend uh, uh old partner over the weekend and we were talking about how this is how it works you get one woman lindsey boylan who has the guts by the way to write her own essay for medium Tell her own story. Doesn't go run into anybody. New York Times, New York Post, nobody. D- didn't get didn't get paid for it. Just wrote it wrote it on a blog, free of and, charge. Yep. And you know she is you know, hoping for a future in politics, but she just made an enemy. And if she was like that lone person, like Tara Reid, say, who accused Biden of some pretty heinous things, and the media just ignored her or discredited her or just brushed her aside. You know, that would be it for Lindsey Boylan. He would have the last laugh and he'd be on and uh, get reelected and she'd be gone. Nobody, she'd be like you know, Monica Lewinsky, had used her up and thrown her out. That didn't happen. She got uh, corroborated by the uh, 25-year-old the next, or a couple of days later. And you know what's going to happen now, Colin There's going to be three and then four and then five and then six because this guy's been around forever. He's 63. He's been a dirtbag his whole life. And uh, he just had the right people covering up for him. He had the right was in the right party, so the media was on his side. And uh, it's not going to end with two. It's not going to end with two, which is good because there's a lot more out there. And it's just going to be. And, and I don't know if it'll get crazy where they'll say like you know what, like Kavanaugh will people accuse him who he never even met. You know, you know, there's no proof that Kavanaugh ever met uh, Blasey Ford or. Julie Swetnick, <laughs> he was being accused of people he'd never met, as far as we know. And people like Cuomo were saying, string him up. People were like Chris Cuomo and Andrew Cuomo were saying that uh, that he's, you know, guilty, essentially. And, and women need to be believed. Um, well, do women still need to be believed? Because if they do, Andrew Cuomo is done and he's going to have to quit and then he's going to have to face, uh, what's her name? Charlotte Bennett, 25-year-old Charlotte Bennett. Um, he's going to have to, I mean, I think he's a criminal. I think the, 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 the nursing home thing, he covered it up. He tried to uh, force people to lie for him, including Ron Kim. If those aren't crimes, you know, I don't know what are. We're, we're busy looking at Trump's tax returns. Let's look at, uh, let's look at uh, Cuomo's order to put all these... Uh, sick people back in nursing homes, but it's a great thing because it couldn't happen to a nicer guy and it couldn't. And, and, and there's, and I, there are people who are voiceless, dead, old people, dead, old men, old women, you know, world war two vets and, and women who 
raised families and paid taxes and did everything right, and then they get stuck in a nursing home, and that sucks. But on top of that, you have this thug governor send coronavirus patients, positive patients in there, you know, in there to bunk with you and kill you and then lie about it. It's just, I mean, it's just maddening. And those people deserve justice. And hopefully they're going to get it. And hopefully Cuomo, here's, here's the latest, by the way. I don't know if this is going to be a big deal, but this <laughs> video that just broke over the weekend from uh, Jezebel, and they have a video of Andrew Cuomo giving an a sausage to a female reporter, like, you know, sausages from like uh, the ballpark and they're sitting down to lunch. They got sausages and he says, I want to watch you eat the whole thing. Oh, I want to say, I, I haven't <laughs> seen this yet. You just told me about this right uh, before we go. I got to play it. I got to see it. No, wait, 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 wait. You eat the whole sandwich? I will eat the whole sandwich. Yeah. Oh, yeah. take a selfie with him good god sausage up for the camera whatever there's all kinds of stuff like that this guy's been around for a long time so there's going to be a lot more than this that's all right though he he issued what his uh his third statement of the weekend was it his yes. third tonight and he, 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 he and by the way who's advising him that we need to update your apology this one will work and he said he was just being playful and he should have been more sensitive I'm sorry, but in this day and age, when you're hitting on a 25-year-old, when you try to kiss one of your aides against her will, you're not being playful. I'm sorry. I don't think I'm no lawyer, but just if I had to guess, playful is not an acceptable uh, alibi or excuse, a defense. That's not an acceptable defense. I was just being playful when I rubbed her leg. I'm sorry. In this day and age, you don't. that doesn't work. you got to go. You got to go. And I, here's a guy, by the way, and it was less than a year ago because it was uh, you know, during the lockdowns of the pandemic when he nominated himself for an Emmy and won it. And then a bunch of celebrities, including Robert De Niro and Ben Stiller and Spike Lee, made a video and said, hey, Gov, love Gov, you know, great job. Congratulations. Wrote a book, which I can't believe anybody's going to read. By the way, if Amazon, if you write a book and you question, you know, Gender theory, Amazon will will not sell it because it's hate speech. Andrew Cuomo can write a book about leadership as he's killing old ladies. That's okay. Not that anyone's going to read it, but you could still buy it if you wanted to. But less than a year ago, they were talking about him being president. Less than 
two months ago, they were talking about him being attorney general. <laughs> and now it's all over. And that's a wonderful thing. I can't wait to the next shoot a fall because it's going to get worse and worse. And I don't know how many more apologies he's going to issue, how many more adjectives uh, he's going to, you know, he's going to come up with playful and insensitive. That's what he said he is so far. Playful and insensitive. Yeah. Trying to kiss a 25 year old you know, girl that works for you. Yeah. Just being a little playful. By the way, you know, I couldn't resist. At least Saturday Night Live has an Andrew Cuomo character. It's Pete Davidson, so it kind of sucks. But he plays Andrew Cuomo. There is no Joe Biden. Saturday Night Live does not have a Joe Biden character. He's the sitting president. He's a bumbling fool. And SNL doesn't even have anyone play him, which is amazing. Has there ever been, has that ever happened? Has there been a president who was not mocked, who was not ridiculed by Saturday Night Live? Even, you know, liberals, Clinton, Obama, there was characters they, yeah, this, they, they had they had somebody during the campaign, didn't they? Who played him during they, the campaign? Yeah, they had. Uh, it used to be, and he did a pretty good job of it. it was uh, Jason Sudeikis, yep. and then they had uh, Jim Carrey come in and play him. And I understand Jim Carrey's a right. big star. He kind of sucked, but he doesn't want to do it. But so what? Greg Gutfeld has a show Saturday nights. You know that probably has one fiftieth the budget of SNL, and he has a Biden character. It was pretty good. He comes on for five minutes and, you know, loses his train of thought and, you know, just makes jokes about him. SNL has no, they have a Marjorie Taylor Greene character, an obscure congressperson from Georgia, but not a Joe Biden character. It's just silly. And, you know, they do Ted Cruz, a senator from Texas, every week. But not they don't do the president, but whatever. I'm, I'm, I mean, they'll they'll have one, right? I mean, they'll obviously have one. I'm I'm shocked that somebody at this point, maybe it was just a cast member, and and we lost sight of it or something. I'm sure a cast member played Joe well, Biden I'm telling you, after Jim Carrey. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Alec Baldwin wasn't a cast member, but he did a a good Trump, and they brought him in like almost every week, and it was like the biggest deal. It was the biggest uh, the 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 part of the show that people talked about. The people they. It was very effective. So why wouldn't you have a Biden? I mean, it's not like people are going to accuse you of being, you know, right-wing whatever TV. They expect you to mock the president, but they don't do it. It's it's so terrible. And um, I had a couple of you know, lowlights from uh, the show, but I won't uh, bore you. I know you guys. I know, I know uh, Turtle Boy and... Uh, rest of you guys aren't big s and i'm like i said i hate wash i hate watch and i hated nick jonas this week so i'll leave it at that i will um i do want to get to my big my new favorite on weekend tv programming i have a new favorite my man bill maher we gotta get to my man i've always been a huge fan i gotta be honest and uh, but he's really he's hitting his stride but uh, first let me tell you about uh Shake Concrete, I want you to know that Shake Concrete, what they can do for you, they can do a lot of things for you, but what they can do for you today, if you want, they can build your retaining wall. They are the best at retaining walls. Did you know that Shake Concrete is the largest manufacturer of recon retaining wall systems in North America? Well, you do now. In fact, in 2020, Shea set a new company record when they man manufactured 178,000 square feet of retaining wall. This is a testament to Shea's legendary teamwork from engineering to manufacturing to dispatch and delivery. As the guys at Shea like to say, teamwork makes the teamwork. They do. I've, seen them. I've been around them when they say that. 
Shake Concrete's high-performing precast concrete retaining walls stand up to New England's active climate and come in a wide variety of shapes, designs, and textures to meet your retaining wall needs. So whether you need a residential, a commercial, or an industrial application, Shea has a dedicated team that will assist you with conceptual design, site walks, and installation. Let Shea show you the way. Call Shea Concrete at 800-696-SHEA. That's 800 696 S-H-E-A, or just log on to SheaConcrete.com. All right. I, you know what? You know what? Here's, uh, here's what Bill Maher's doing right now. It's not that hard. It's not that bold. It's not that courageous. He's stating the obvious. He's, he's doing, you know, what we do, what lots of people, you know, podcasters, I mean, you don't hear it on talk radio much anymore because, you know, the mob has, has kind of purged talk radio of people um, calling them out. But think of the things that we've talked about in the last few weeks, Colin. I mean, Chris Harrison. Chris Harrison fired as host of The Bachelor because of nothing. Literally, he said we should be more compassionate about a, a contestant who went to an antebellum party and, you know, her life is over. And he said, we should. where's the grace? Where's the compassion? And he said, you know, we should talk. They said after 20 years, that's enough. You're gone. And now they're replacing. That's actually a good point. We never really like we never really brought up that the fact that he was he was canceled for not literally doing anything himself for just coming to the defense of somebody else, whether right or wrong. He just had somebody's back and we did it and he did it most like conciliatory way, compassionate way. Can't we just, you know, try to be more understanding and not, you know, just storm the gates and call for a head? It was the kind of thing that you don't think would ever get you in trouble. You know, you're just defending someone literally asking for grace and compassion that got him. And initially it was a stepping away for a while. And you didn't think he was going to get fired. Did you, didn't you think? He was uh, gonna be- no, I remember, I actually remember Reamer was on that episode and we were talking about who would replace him. And I, and we all knew who was going to replace uh, Chris That's- Harrison, at least in a temporary manner. This is lit. I honestly got him. No, no BS. This was, I, I don't know his name, this was the face I was uh, thinking in my head as we were having that conversation because he hosts that podcast when we first started the podcast. It's something about having uncomfortable, uncomfortable race conversations. conversations with a black yes, man. Yes, exactly. And, and this is this is him. Yep. He replaced Jason Whitlock, by the way, on FS1. And he, uh, for, he played in the NFL. I think he worked for ESPN. He worked for like the Texas uh, Longhorns Network. And now he's going to be the host of The Bachelor. And his whole thing... Everything is about race. Literally, he has a book out now called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. And he went on Oprah and talked about it. So you're right. They replaced him with a guy. Everything everything outside of, to be fair, everything outside of FS1. Like F, He gets a lot of credit. People love him. I think I even saw Will Kane give him a shout out uh, yesterday. Uh, just they love him on the sports side of things. I don't know. I don't know about the other side, but on, the, on he, FS1 he, coverage, they love him. He gets credit for being outspoken and bold, but... Um, I, you know, obviously the rules are different. If he offers to, you know, compassion and grace uh, for a contestant, I don't think he'll get fired. Just my guess. But he takes Chris Harrison, who by all accounts did a good job and they were happy with him for 20 years, is gone because he wanted uh, compassion, grace and understanding for a college student who went to a stupid uh, antebellum themed party. Uh, He's gone. Gina Carano did even less. 
In fact, she was asking for something similar. Gina Carano was asking uh, essentially for you to not uh, mistreat, misjudge, prejudge your neighbors. And she made a, you know, Nazi Germany reference, which is usually not a good idea, not a good, unless you're liberal like her co-star, Pasquale, whatever his name is, did. He made a Nazi reference a few weeks earlier. No problem. She made a reference saying that in Nazi Germany, it wasn't the government or the military that went after the their Jewish people. It was their neighbors who mistreated them first. And that's how things start when you hate your neighbors. And it's kind of a stretch and it's kind of stupid, but so what? It was just a, a, a tweet. And then when she explained it, she said, and I couldn't believe this when I heard it. I heard her do the interview with uh, Ben Shapiro. She said that joke she made about her pronouns is what got the ball rolling. And after that, there was a mob that wanted her out and was waiting for an excuse to get rid of, get her out. So when she did a pronoun thing, instead of here, my pronouns, she, her, whatever, it was beep, bop, boop, the noise that R2-D2 makes. That's it. Those are, that was a joke from a Star Wars character about her pronouns. It pissed off all the, I don't know, LBGT. Q people at Disney, they demanded, you know, sensitivity training, all the usual, not enough. They fired her from the show, just got rid of her. She's going to be fine. But that any normal person would say that's insane. Any, any clear thinking fair person would say those two examples, Chris Harrison and Gina Carano are insane. That's all Bill Maher does is he doesn't join the mob. I mean, he's liberal. He hates Trump as much as anybody. He hates religion. He hates any religion, which is like another reason that he uh, uh, has ingratiated himself to the to the right because he doesn't you know doesn't give Islam a pass. You know, he he hates Christianity and Islam the same. <laughs> he's an equal opportunity hater of religion. But anyway, he has done a few of these monologues, these diatribes against cancel culture and invariably on Saturday morning, you know, I don't get to see him live because I don't have HBO. Although I did, uh, uh, I did borrow someone's password to see um, <laughs> that Ben Affleck basketball movie where he's drunk the whole time. Oh, right. It? Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. I'm a sucker. I like all sports. I'm not all most sports movies. I mean, I didn't like Eddie when Whoopi Goldberg coached the Knicks. I didn't like that. Okay. I didn't like I, Celtic I, thought, I thought that was decent. You didn't you like know, Celtic pride. You didn't Celtic like Celtic pride. pride. Uh, no, no, I didn't like Celtic Pride, but usually these serious, melodramatic sports movies, I'm a sucker for it, you know? So I thought it was pretty good, although it's dark. And he, I'm not sure ben, Ac ben Affleck is acting in this. He's like dour and he's drunk and he's fat and he's like, like puffy and he looks bad. And he, he really plays a good down on his luck. And, uh, a really good Ben Affleck, yes. <laughs> yeah. And he's like drinking beer in the morning in the shower and he's doing shots and he's just wasted the whole time. And, you know, you kind of know what's going to happen, but he's a you know, washed up old former uh, basketball star who it's, it's not the cheeriest sports movie, but it's good. It's worth borrowing someone's uh, HBO password if he can do it. I don't know. But anyway, Bill Maher, back to Bill Maher. Got to get to Bill Maher before we wrap this up, because my man, Bill Maher, he does this on Friday nights and invariably Saturday morning. All the people like me, you know, Colin and all the right wing zealots on Twitter and on, on uh, social media applaud him. And he wins. I don't know why more people don't do this. You know, he plays to the, to the opposition. He plays to the, 
to the uh, enemies, the, uh, the, the people that used to hate him. I mean, I used to hate him as much as I hated anybody, but I can't hate him when he does this, when he calls out these insane cancel culture people and defends the likes of, uh, you know, Chris Harrison and Gina Carano. And he points out, what did he say? That he wouldn't watch a movie, that she, uh, the show that she was in, The Mandalorian, if he was in prison and it was, you know, the only thing on. I feel the same way. I'm not watching Star Wars and I'm not watching The Bachelor, but what has been done to these people is wrong. And more people have to do what, what my man Bill this weekend and call them out. The Mandalorian's Gina Carano is a person I'd never heard of and resent that I have now. She's some conservative wrestling chick who kicks ass on a show I wouldn't watch if I was in prison. And she made some Nazi analogy. Who doesn't these days? You're like the Nazis is the new I don't like you. It's always okay with Trump's the Nazi. That disqualifies her for marching around planet who gives a shit in a helmet? By the way, you can't work in Hollywood if you don't believe what we believe. Yeah, in the 50s, that's exactly what the left complained they were being told. Now, the week before, it was Chris Harrison's turn in the barrel. He's the host of The Bachelor and is stepping away. Stepping away. <laughs> to educate himself on a more profound and productive level than ever before. Oh, good. Good. Because all my life, I've looked up to the host of the Fuck a Stranger show. And if I thought I couldn't count on The Bachelor for moral guidance, I don't know if I could go on. And of course, he's not stepping away because he's the host of a televised snake pit where 32 female contestants are trapped in the Saharati house from hell. It's because he wouldn't throw one of them under the bus when it came to light that in college she attended a dress-up-like-we're-in-the-old-south party, which is not a type of party we should be throwing, in that it winks at a civilization built on slavery, yes. But apparently in 2018, millions of people were still doing it. And mature people understand humans are continually evolving. As opposed to Wokeville, where they're always shocked we didn't emerge enlightened from the primordial ooze. What's Chris Harrison supposed to do? Build a time machine, go back to 2018 and knock the mint juleps out of their hands? You could just go on. He, he, he's yeah, on well, a roll. good. I watched it all and I'm telling you, he, he, he's done this before. He will do it again because they, you know, these examples don't just keep coming. He's right. They're trying to cancel Abe Lincoln in and what was it because of his treatment of Native Americans and he didn't do enough for uh, African-Americans? Uh, and maybe he didn't believe in, you know, transgender uh, girls participating against biological girls in sports or something. I don't know. But they're trying to cancel Abe Lincoln. And I'm going to, um, you know what, I might have to start, I might have to get HBO again just to watch my man Bill. Here's my idea, Colony. Tell me if you like this. They're still auditioning people at 7 p.m. on Fox. I they saw you know, tweeted this. I yeah, saw what do you think Bill Maher hosts at 7 p.m.? Bill Maher leading in to Tucker Carlson. That'd be great. I would, I would love something like that, but there's no way that would happen. You know Just I, no I, way. I, Who's the front runner for that, by the way? It seems like um, I think it's, it? um, Bob, Bobby Burak at Outkick seems to be on that beat better than anybody else. Um, it's either Katie Pavlich, who's great, Marissa, yeah. what's her name? Bar 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 Maria Barra, oh, Maria Barra, Money Honey. Yep. 
to Roma. She's good too. She's got good sources. She gets big interviews. And Brian Kilmeade, who probably is sick of you know waking up at three in the morning and doesn't want to do Fox and Friends anymore. But I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know if it has to be a a woman or has to be whatever. But we'll see. I mean, I wouldn't mind looking at Katie. Ka- oh, I should say that. I wouldn't mind Katie Pavlich getting a gig. She's good. But uh, we'll see. It's a it's a good gig, and Greg Gutfeld's going to be on it. Um, Eleven. So it probably can't be just another white guy. That's too many white guys, even yeah. for Fox. So it's Bill Mars gig is Bill Mars gig is cushy, right? You know, like what? once yeah, a once a say. week, he's and it's trendy as hell to be on HBO, and he gets to do his books and and comedy tours and do whatever the hell he wants. He's he's got it made. He's I was going to say I read, a, I read a story, uh, or maybe I heard him on Rogan, and he was good. That's I'm telling you, that's when I started to not hate him. And I think you're right. He's got a cushy gig. He's kind of lazy. He does not want to wake up. He does not want to work every day. He does this once a week. He's got a team of writers. He goes on these rants and he gets a lot of credit for them. And you know what else? He doesn't have advertisers. So they can't go after his advertisers. Not that they would because he's a liberal (laughs) for the most part. But in cases like this or when he goes after radical Islam or whatever, he occasionally steps out of line. They would come down on him. Hell, did you see that they had a big protest outside of uh, 30 Rock Saturday because of Michael Che's Jewish joke the week before? They had a big group of, uh, I don't know if they're ADL or whatever, big Jewish group showed up to protest. I don't think it matters. They're not going to fire him or force him to apologize. But uh, Bill Maher, I don't think it would work on uh, any network, even a cable network. He's too, I mean, he needs to swear on, you know, he needs to get kind of, you know, graphic. He's one of the best. This is so off topic, but he he's great at reading a teleprompter, isn't he? Like he feels like he's just true. going off the cuff. Like he, I don't know. Maybe it's the uh, the stand up comedian in him that does it. Really That's well. true, and and he's you know like once a week he does it. So it's I don't know, but yeah, I, uh, I liked it. Good job, and we need more of that. Is what we need. All right, there was pl- plenty more to get to. It was a big weekend, Colin, but we got all week. Kyrie Irving wants the. Um, NBA to change the logo because uh, people assume it's based on Jerry West. And I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but Jerry West is white. So we must change the logo. Kyrie Irving wants it to be Kobe Bryant. I don't think that's a good idea. If you want to change it to a African-American, Michael Jordan, maybe, I don't know, maybe Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but there was this little thing that happened in uh, Colorado one night that would, I think be an issue if uh, they tried to make it Kobe Bryant. So, I would tell Kyrie Irving if he, you know, if that's really what he wants to do. LeBron James, although they don't, he doesn't like LeBron. So, can, can I do one thing? Can I bring up one thing? Because we're certainly not going to get to it on on Tuesday's show. But uh, this little tribute to Tiger Woods that oh, happened like that, that you two. Uh, but, but why? I mean, he's not one. He's not he's dead. Not- Right, well, like, <laughs> he's not going to be paralyzed. He's not going to be in a wheelchair the rest of his life. So what are we? I didn't see one tweet that was like, "Why are we doing this today?" It, it was the most well, dramatic, over dramatic thing I've ever seen. There was a group of guys who played the ball that Tiger played. I think it's a Bridgestone, and it said Tiger on the ball. And I'm like, <laughs> what kind of tribute is that? But I think the red shirts were cool. But you know what they did? They made the guys who didn't wear red shirts look like assholes. Brooks well, Kepler. the greatest did you the greatest today was uh did you see Sergio Garcia's tweet? Yeah. I retweeted it. Yeah, Sergio, Sergio Garcia had to he, first of all, he, he forgot to wear red, obviously. And then he's also saying the defending masters champion, which he is not. So right. just a just a great tweet. But he knew that he looked like an idiot for not wearing red, you know, yeah. allegedly a friend of Tiger's an old 
So we immediately had to tweet out, say, oh, I didn't forgot the red, but I love Tiger. Good luck, Tiger, but get well soon. I thought it was pretty cool, but why couldn't everyone do it? How hard is it to wear a red shirt? They all get free shirts, right? I just don't think anybody. I mean, he's alive. He's going to walk again. He'll I he'll know, play recre. He'll play golf recreationally again. I don't think we have to honor the man with all with wearing his outfit today. What about this? Consider this. What if it's the the end of Tiger the golfer? What if we never see him play again? It's like the greatest golfer ever, ever not walking away, but you know, limping or wheeling away because of this accident. What if they all? are assuming that we'll never see him again. It's a nice thing. Maybe he lifts his spirits, whatever. Like I said, I'm a sucker for he this. He did. He actually, during during recording, let me pull it up. Actually, well, During recording, it. he yeah. tweeted it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he, it lifted his spirits. So that's good. And um, it's not that hard to do. Why can't, I mean, I would feel like a kind of an idiot if I didn't wear a red shirt, right? Why didn't, why didn't everyone do it? Uh, that's a good question. I would have think they would, I would have thought they would have been on the same page. Yeah. Anyone no, say Brooks Kepka? Why didn't you wear red? What do you Kepka's pre- Kepka's a pretty cool cool dude. He's probably thinking the guy's alive. He's going to play again. Uh, why am I going to wear red and a uh, black hat? Like it made no sense. I don't know. Well, I mean, it did make sense. I thought it was nice. But yeah. some guys tried. Like I'm looking at uh, Justin Thomas. He wore pink. Maybe he didn't have quite red, but he wore pink and he wore black pants. So he looked a little tiger-ish. So I fig- I figured, is that how it looked like on television today? Because he tweeted out a picture saying, I'm wearing red tomorrow. And he looked like he had a uh, pink shirt. And it, I, th- I thought oh, it was I just see like it's the camera. Striped. It looks like red stripes with white stripes. So it makes it look pink. Yeah. yeah. So I, think, I don't think it was red enough. Sorry, didn't work for me, Justin. You're a dink. You're a dink. It doesn't look red. And uh, everyone else wore red. How hard could it be? You tell... They have their own apparel guys. They have the guys that give them outfits every day. Get me a red shirt and some black pants so I don't look like a dink. I thought that, yeah. Let's not ask it too much. Not complicated. Again, PGA, a bunch of nice guys. That's fine. I'm just, my point was only that he's he's still with us, folks. Yeah, I think you're going so, to see bad news and it's going to, oh, wow. I'm looking, I clicked on the uh, trending, PGA Tour trending, and it's got just this whole montage of all the guys. It's got, uh, um, Oh, there's Rory in his red. There's uh, what's the long-haired guy? West, uh, 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 Tommy Fleetwood. Oh, right. Yeah. All in their red. Uh, oh, and you're right, Justin Thomas. Oh, I see. He's wearing a pink shirt because it's the same one he wore when he was paired up with Tiger once upon a time. So that's oh, his way okay. of uh, paying tribute to Tiger. Phil Mickelson wore red. That was nice. The yep. guys. Rory, Rack- uh, Rory McIlroy. Yep. Bryson DeChambeau, Jason Day, and Matt Kuchar wore a ball played a ball with tiger's name stamped on it what the hell does that matter who could see that <laughs> yeah i guess the 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 maintenance staff so yeah you're right like kepka can't wear red but the entire maintenance staff is all prepped and ready to go oh, for this they? bad boy yeah yeah and some lpg lbpga players wore red but kepka couldn't do it what a dink there you go. Anyway, all right, we should uh, we should leave it there. Thanks to uh, I want to thank first of all Donald J. Trump for coming out of uh, Merlago and making a speech, giving us uh, an entertaining hour and a half. And I want to thank uh, Andrew Cuomo for being the biggest scumbag on earth because I am enjoying that. This, I, like I said, not too many things I enjoy more than watching a scumbag like this, arrogant bully like this, get his. And every day it's getting worse for him, which means it's getting better for uh, civilization, getting better for decent people everywhere. Keep it coming, people. Keep it coming, ladies. All you people have been uh, 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 subjected to this bully. And, uh, you know, he's offered to play 
strip poker with. I mean, talk about, he's a 63-year-old man asking a 20-something-year-old woman she wants to play strip poker. What a creep. Anyway, I'm still going to be joining that, and we will still be talking about that. Um, but uh, we'll get to it. We'll leave it there today. This is the Callahan Podcast. I'm Jerry Callahan. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast. Support for this podcast comes from Pluto TV. Need an escape? Drop into Pluto TV for a world of free TV. Stream hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and shows all for free. Yeah, free. No subscriptions, no fees. Imagine 24-7 channels of Narcos, CSI, Star Trek, Survivor, and everything else from hit movies to binge-worthy TV shows, the latest news, live sports, comedy, and more. What are you waiting for? Download the free Pluto TV app for Android, iPhone, Roku, and Fire TV and start streaming now. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free. Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey. There's a kinship between hoopers and rappers. From 30 for 30 podcast and the undefeated, this is the King of Crenshaw. Hustle and motivate. I mean, if that ain't like the ethos of being an elite athlete, I don't know what is. Nip was my superhero. For us, it was all about how we could better our city. Life is really a marathon. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information.